You're locked on two sound bites. I'm Russell, joined uh, every week by Peter. Hello, uh, Russell. How are you? Good, thank you. We were just talking. I would. I'm. I'm well. We were just talking off air and saying another crazy hour. It's another crazy hour with us too. Well, mainly me. It's just been crazy because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about tonight, except for mysteries. I know that part. It's our third, yeah, our third and final. Our third and final mystery of the night. I think there's a bigger mystery though. What is that? Where's my brain? Well, where did you last put it? Who knows? That's the mystery. All right, maybe okay. it's with your car keys. Maybe. Are they missing? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the first mystery of the night. What is the mystery we are going to try to solve? <laughs> so this one um, isn't a, a, a mystery like the other ones that we've been doing, uh, although it's very puzzling in the sense of... Um, uh, a real gap in human knowledge. So I'm talking about what uh, has been referred to as the Antikythera mechanism uh, or machine. Uh, it is thought to be the very first analog computer ever created by human beings. Um, and and uh, what's so fascinating about it is not only is it uh, incredibly accurate, um, but it was made in 200... BCE, so before the Common Era, or BC, before Christ, as most people would know that on the on the calendar. Don't say there's now a BCE. Well, it, yeah, it's uh, replacing BC, but people still remember BC. Oh, before Christ is easier to remember. Let's be honest. I know, but that uh, doesn't so, mean we can't. You know, otherwise we'll never move on from. No, no, <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay, so tell me more about this computer. So, do we know who created it? Well, we don't know who created it. So what happened? That is the mystery, isn't it? It's part of the mystery. It's it, there. There is a few um, unsolved questions about the Antikythera mechanism. So obviously, um, we'll start off from the beginning. Um, it was discovered uh, after a um, crew of sponge divers. So uh, they were out diving near the uh, island of Antikythera, where the mechanism gets its name from. Uh, and uh, a storm came in. So they took refuge on the island and they stayed there for three days and waited for the storm to pass. Uh, and then they decided, well, while we're here, we'll see if we can find any sponges. So this is going back uh, in the spring of 1900. Um, I get the sponges. Uh, well, we, we, we need the sponges to clean ourselves. So there you well, go. Well, back then we did. We didn't have the synthetic sponges that we do today. Yeah, but there's people out there that still use those those sponges. I'm yeah, I'm sure there are. I bet you there's a ripping trade on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, back to the thing. So, so they're doing some sponge ser searching for diving, sponges, diving, sponge diving, and um, they didn't find that. They found a computer instead. Well, what they found was a shipwreck, and it, it contained uh, a Roman shipwreck, and it contained bronze statues, marble statues. It contained coins. Um, so they're rich. They, they certainly were very lucky. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much money they made out of all of it. Um, but, yeah, so they... they uh, and, and in all these things that they found and brought up uh, was just this lump of what looked like metal. Um, they didn't really know what it was and it's obviously been sitting there for a long time. And uh, and actually, once it was... All the all these antiquities were and all these um, artefacts were, were brought to um, the museums uh, and to be investigated... The actual mechanism that we're talking about tonight was just put aside because no one knew what it was. It just looked like a lump of junk. Junk, yeah. You know, rusty old metal and a bit of barnacles and yep. this and that. So it was actually left for two years. No one sort of investigated it um, until one day they started cleaning up a little bit of it and then they realised that there was um, 
uh, what looked like a cog with um, the teeth around the, the edges of it. Um, and then they, then they realised that this is actually something quite complex um, as opposed to these large statues that are carved. This thing was quite small. Uh, if you think in terms of you know, common objects that we know of, maybe a shoebox size. Um, and so they started uh, investigating it best as they can um, without damaging it. And uh, they realised that there were a number of cogs to this machine, but they didn't really know what it was. It took us, believe it or not, nearly 100 years before we had the technology to be able to scan the various layers of this machine to work out how complex it was. Today, the value of this thing is considered to be more um, expensive or more valuable than the Leonardo's uh, Mona Lisa. So oh, it, poor it, Mona Lisa. You're, out the, you're in the garbage chute sh now. Yeah, look, I tell you, you it, you'd have to be pretty impressed to be able to outvalue the Mona Lisa. Oh, totally, because so. that's a, that's a <laughs> that's an artistic eyesore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the I, I don't mean that. I, I, it is a lovely piece of art, but yeah. But even, even I'm, I'm 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 doing your trick now. I'm sidetracking. Even the <laughs> Mona Lisa, um, you know, uh, has uh, th there's believed to be three versions of it, uh, possibly a fourth, um, but the one in the Louvre. Is the is the one that we all sort of think about? Is it the original? Well, it depends on what you mean by the original. The one he actually made. If there's four of them, well, which one did he make first? Okay, that's so we sidetracked. So there's a mystery to be solved. Maybe another episode we could talk about that one. Yeah. So okay. is is one made from China? Is one made from? Well, one is not made from China. Made well, I in mean, China? I mean, there are many reproductions made in all around the world. Um, but there is actually one being kept in a vault in um, Hong Kong by a, a group of businessmen. And it has also been identified as an original um, Da Vinci um, Mona Lisa. Yeah. And, in, and in fact, uh, a lot of the historical documents about the Mona Lisa um, uh, talk about... Uh, the, different um, uh, backgrounds. Yep. So we're all very familiar with the one with the background, um, uh, you know, the, the, the mountain ranges and stuff like that, where there is others where she is sitting and there are columns in the background. Um, yep. uh, but anyway, I, I, we'll, you we'll, do, that in yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> do that in another session because actually the Mona Lisa is, is quite fascinating. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll go on. It's, it's an interesting, it is an interesting Da Vinci is just an interesting thing by itself. You know, honestly, we have to cover Da Vinci. Well, I've seen the movie. I haven't read the book. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I've <laughs> the, the, seen the movie. Da Vinci the movie. Code. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, you haven't seen it? I, well, I have seen the Da Vinci Code, but that's not really about him. But, well, there's my education out the window then. <laughs> we actually watched that at high school, believe it or not. That explains a lot. Does it? You know, surprisingly, that actually covers a lot of ground. That's okay. <laughs> if that was your history teacher teaching you about Da Vinci by making you watch the Da Vinci Code, you know, there's a lot of things Quinana that are just... Senior High School, yeah. people. Quinana Senior High School. Now called Gilmore, Gilmore College. Do not send your kids there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. that's honestly that's where I, I we actually watched it in I can't remember whether it was for English or for history, but it was definitely at that high school. I hope it was for English. I really do hope it was for English as well. I mean, that's not a, a huge 
improvement. No. But it's got to be better than history. Yes. Watching the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, no, it's got to yep. be free. Okay, so let's let's um, <laughs> get back on this, this the track. The theory of mechanism. So, so uh, they, they started, so, uh, and in fact, even the, the X-ray technology that they had to create to be able to scan the various layers mm. of uh, the Antikythera mechanism, um, it, it was a custom-built machine. And because the uh, Antikythera mechanism was so fragile, they actually had to bring the machine from London to Athens rather than take the mechanism from Athens to London. So this eight-tonne X-ray equipment had to be um, shipped over. Shipped over. Uh, and it was a huge thing, uh, a yep. huge um, uh, Who paid logistics. for that? Well, the museums did. Yeah, but someone had to fund the museums. Well, they get public funds and they get... Uh, investors, rich rich billion-dollar investors, most probably. No, I don't think they did because even the company that created this X-ray machine, the chief financial officer was so angry that the company agreed to do this because the, he claimed that it would bankrupt them because they had never built a machine uh, to be able to... Be moved. To, uh, or, or to scan at the various layers that um, they needed to. Uh, but when... Uh, the company that built the machine to scan the Antikythera mechanism um, heard about this story. I, when they were first approached, they already had in their minds, I was just going to say, no, it was too big an undertaking and they didn't want to un- do the expense. Yeah. But once they heard about this machine and its complexity and, and what they believed it to be, uh, and they, they they said, yeah, actually, we'll do it. We'll, we'll build this X-ray machine. It, it, it does. See, that in itself is an amazing story from the point of view as if you have the chief financial officer basically saying, well, actually, we mostly couldn't penetrate that material to actually get the scans, and then you have the engineers going, actually, yeah, we can, but we're going to have to ship the machine from London to Athens, and it's going to be a cost that most probably could bankrupt the company if we go ship the machine, we go to scan it, and then all of a sudden our scanner doesn't work, because that's a risk that the yeah, scanner all, could, not, part of it. could not work, and then... Well, you're selling a scanner that doesn't work? Is that what you're selling? Well, they weren't selling the, it. They were lending it to no, them. No, but imagine the press. The press would have been like, this fancy scanner couldn't yeah, penetrate right. this object. Yeah, this little brass and wood object. Yeah. So uh, What type of scanner is this one? <laughs> anyway, let's get back on topic. Uh, so the scanner worked. They it found worked. out the, yeah. the comp- complexity of this machine. Yeah. How many layers did it have? Well, Was it like an onion? It had a lot of layers, and this is this is another thing of this machine. So there were at least thirty-seven quite intricate cogs that drove this machine. Um, Sounds like an onion. And so once they actually were able to identify the cogs and their placement in the machine, and also the number of teeth per cog, yeah, they could then start trying to figure out what each cog did. Um, and one of the things that this machine, this um, X-ray machine that, that was built, was also able to identify some of the lettering um, and the numbers that were etched into the machine itself that isn't uh, visible to the naked eye. So, um, Very fancy machine. How much is the machine? Where can I get one? And is it on eBay? <laughs> I don't know the answer to any of those questions. <laughs> Well, I just want the X-ray machine now. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. That's the best sale pitch for the X-ray yeah. machine. Well, I tell if you, you need look, to find letters that the naked eye can't see, get our X-ray. And and this is the thing with this machine. I mean, that's how um, precise and yeah. accurate uh, it was with regards to being able to scan through 
the various layers. So, so when you look at the antikythera mechanism now, it really does look like just one big cog embedded in coral. Um, and so this machine was able to literally scan through the various layers and then identify everything that's embedded in this coral and stuff uh, as well. And they, yeah, I take it the coral is not what it was actually made out. No, no, it was made out of brass. So the coral is built, the coral grew there over the years. Yeah, it o- was over the, well... It, they the, the, the reason why I'm asking that is from the point of view as if they've got the scans now, they would be able to recreate this. And they have. They, you guys see I was getting, I knew I was getting somewhere. Yeah. And, and see, so this is the thing. And what they're, what they're absolutely amazed at is that the machine um, was able to uh, calculate the, the lunar cycle. Um, oh, so it's a calculator. Well, it's a computer. It's an analog computer. So it's... it's when, when you say a calculator, it's not just calculating one set of variables. It tracked the movements of part five planets. So uh, Mercury, Venus. All you had to do was turn. I was like going to say, you would have to put these handle. values in. No, it was all built into the machine. All you had to do was turn a handle on the side and it would start calculating everything it needed. Um, and on the front of it was a big dial, which... Uh, had various... So, if you think of a clock, you know how you've got three yeah, hands yeah. of a clock. Well, this had multiple hands. So, you had a hand for every uh, of the five major planets that they knew of at the time. So, um, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Saturn and Jupiter. I was going to say Pluto's not in there. No, they didn't know about Pluto back then. Oh, that's uh, they didn't even know about Neptune or Uranus uh, back then. Um, so, it would have been... In Impressive if they knew about oh, those totally. planets. And besides, poor little Pluto's just a dwarf planet. It's not a I real know. planet anymore. Not since 2006. Well, thanks, science. No. <laughs> <laughs> the taxonomy of planetary bodies is quite complicated, <laughs> and we don't know all the variables. That's why it keeps changing. Well, if the scientists just didn't tell us that it was a not a planet and it was a dwarf planet or whatever, that would be so much more helpful because then we could have still had our Pluto, our planet. We still have Pluto. It's still there. But it's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's so it's cuter. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what so – they've been able to rec- – let's get back onto the topic of, of, of this. <laughs> this <laughs> is unusual. You telling me to get back on topic? <laughs> normally it's the is other way around. you've got to be tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just trying to keep us organised. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> this analog computer – tool yes um allow people to look at the planets or the five planets and it did so in the, the lunar adjust- cycle the, the lunar cycle thank you it also calculated the eclipses uh it also calculated the um that was smart yeah it also calculated the four years for every uh, olympic games uh <laughs> back then this is this is what so- you're, you're joking right why would I bring that up if it wasn't true? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the one who was educated by, what was it? The Da Vinci Code as, <laughs> as a history lesson. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like going, this is, we're talking about BCE. So That's right. Exactly. Like, this, sure. is, this is why it's so fascinating. Uh, but, but the Olympics were back in BCE. We're not talking the Olympic Olympics. We're talking Roman Olympics. No, no, we're Olympics. talking about the ancient Olympics. We're talking the about the modern day Olympics. Because the Olympics didn't happen for a long time. We're talking about naked men wrestling in a ring. And killing each other. Well, that's when the the ancient Olympics yeah. was usually done nude. Yeah. But it only also had like four events back then. To so the death. 
I'm sure that not, no, not in the Olympics, but there were there were plenty of other things that were to the death. Well, we'll talk about that in another episode as well. Let's get back on track, though. Um, <laughs> the the so, so just to give you an idea, the complexity of this machine. Yes. So so we are talking back at a time where to create the cogs, each cog, they didn't actually even have a hacksaw. What they used to do is like chisel out circles um, in brass and then file them down. So they had files, they just didn't have hacksaws. Um, So this is how far back into the past um, uh, they created this technology. Um, And and so it could calculate. So if if you think of the moon's um, orbital dynamics... Uh, it's it's not a perfect sphere, so it has a um, elliptical orbit, which means that this machine was able to take into account the um, the speed of the moon's orbit around Earth during its um, apogee and perigee, which is its furthest distance from Earth to its closest distance. So as I'm it comes so closer, glad you told me what those words <laughs> were because I was off with the fairies with that one. Yeah, well, the orbital dynamics of the moon isn't as simple as everyone thinks. Everyone thinks it's 29.5 days, but in fact, it actually changes every nine years and it also changes. There's, there's a number of variables that... in, in That's that because the moon's always asleep, people, and it needs to wake up sometimes. And so... <laughs> So, so this machine. So, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the the complexity of the machine is is that someone yep. noted like, and it was in fact the Babylonians who did a ma- the majority of well lunar. Done. Well done, Babylonians. You've got to give it to them because back then, um, in the absence of anything else, the the moon did more than just sort of uh, move the tides and influence the seasons. We humans used it uh, to represent when debts were due, or we used it to decide. Uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Moons and debts. So, say for example, if I said to you, you, know, you owe me a thousand dollars, but it's due on the third moon that rises. The, th- the third new moon. Yes, exactly. Omg, like seriously. No, but if you've well got done. nothing else, well, yeah, well, yeah. If you've got nothing else I, to measure things by, I would have thought it would be easy to say when the third sun rises or when the sun comes from the east or whatever. Well, they use the moon. Okay. Well. Good on them for using the moon. <laughs> so, I anyway, would so, so anyway, the ancient Babylonians kept a very um, kept a, a very good historical record of the of the orbital dynamics of the moon, but somebody then took those formulae and managed to figure out how to put them to the turning of cogs, and then they well managed done. to put that put that into a device small enough to fit in a shoebox, and on top of that, they then added the motion of the sun. Because back then everything was very Earth-centric. Earth was the centre of the universe. Everything evolved around the Earth. So they managed to calculate everything. Oh, and how wrong we were. (laughs) We are back. (laughs) This is Soundbites. I pressed the button. Didn't turn on. Anyway, we are back. Talking about Soundbites. Um, We'll continue the Mars rover uh, talk that we'll later, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later. We might have a chance to listen to uh, talk about it at the end of the show. But let's talk about this Ant- analo- antique. Yeah, thank you. Antikythera mechanism. Yeah, yeah, just call it Da Vinci computer. Well, it wasn't Da Vinci. I know it wasn't. <laughs> but <laughs> That's 1,600 years before Da Vinci. The yeah. mechanism, not Da Vinci. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so we've let's, we talked about the history of it. We talked about... Scanning the the device. Yeah, and we talked about how you how yeah. it, how it's how it is used. Now let's talk about them cloning it or basically well, copying it. Yeah, so um, because they weren't able to get the the original one working. 
Well, no, no, and there's there's no way that you'll ever get the original one working again. Because it's screwed. Well, it's also embedded and it's very fragile and it's worth more than the Mona Lisa, so you don't want to be messing around with it. Um, but so many people have actually put it together. And and it, like there was a team of mathematicians working on this uh, device to try and figure out how it worked. So it... It, that sort of uh, indicates, and these are modern mathematicians. So this this sort of indicates the the level of complexity that this machine had. Yeah. So not only did um, whoever invented it take scientific observation and formula and and mathematical proofs and formula, but they mechanized it. Um, you know, so they translated. You know, if you think of all these complex formulas that somebody writes on a board, yep. they actually turn that into a mechanical device and a portable one at that. Um, you know, so that was the other big thing about this Antikythera mechanism was not only did they have this um, device, but it, they had miniaturized it to the point where they could actually carry it on board a ship. So, um, Good on them. <laughs> I, why are you not as excited about this as I am? Oh, I no, no. Fascinating. I think the fact that they were able to get cogs working and downsize them and still get it working... Because yeah, I do have the question was the the question the original question was was this the original or was there another version that was bigger and this was the downsized pocket edition? We well, will we never know. We don't know. We don't because we're not one hundred percent sure who created it. At currently, uh, at best, we think it was Archimedes who created the Antikythera mechanism. How come he sounds old? As in, like he sounds like he was a ruler of something. Well, he was a famous mathematician um, okay. in in uh, ancient Greece. Uh, he was the one who. Um, so it makes sense for him to have this well, technology. Well, yeah. So, um, and and that's why we believe he created it. Although we can't be one hundred percent sure. What we do know is is that at the um, end of his life, so um, uh, at the time, ancient Rome was. Um, you know, uh, threatening ancient Greece's authority and power. In fact, they did. They overtook them. Um, and when um, Archimedes was murdered, which he was by a, a Roman soldier, um, obviously all his uh, items were plundered. And they believe that's where, if he had anything else like the Antikythera mechanism, um, that was also taken. Um, and, of course, over the eons, um, similar devices uh, appeared um, in... Um, uh, in the in the Middle East, yep. uh, because they were actually the the next um, uh, civilization that sort of uh, started creating and and developing mathematical proofs and formula. In fact, yep. uh, the Golden Age of Islam um, was famous for bringing in the decimal system and and being able to uh, apply uh, decimal numera- uh, numbers to fractions and uh, that's a that's that's a very Long conversation about decimals. Well, it's because it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to people who care about how science has grown. I'm not saying. Well, look, decimals have made our lives a lot easier. Instead of paying a dollar, we can pay ninety nine cents. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this machine because this this machine has been copied. It does still work. Not the original, but the clone versions of it. Where can I go and see it? Online, you can see it online. There's lots of YouTube videos. Oh, I was actually like seeing it in person, like once. Got the real thing. Yeah, not the real thing, but surely these 
recreated versions because the real this. thing is in the museum of athens so go to the museum of athens to go and see the real, the real one thing you can't touch it but surely they would have like one that you could touch yeah, but, next to it uh, but there have been uh replicas created um uh, and and you can see those working uh, so basically it's just a little handle on the side that you turn and it's actually more round rather yep. than a angle type grinding yep. type handle not like you're punching someone no, it's not like um, you know the <laughs> organ grinder handles that. Yeah. Or the it's like the old car handles, like Henry Ford when you used to start up the car for for that. You used to turn the big. N- yeah, there was a crank, but this, crank. But actually, yeah. that's not it either. It's just uh-huh. a small little thing that you turn with your hand, like. So it's like a doorknob. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And the you just sort the of Quinana Senior High School uh, failure has <laughs> described what you're trying to describe with a doorknob. <laughs> Right, right. You, you've got a higher education than me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot smarter than me. So anyway, anyway so you turn door the doorknob <laughs> round and round and round and round, <laughs> and this thing will actually then start calculating uh, planetary movements. The can it subtract from it, what? Well, if you're <laughs> turning it one way. And you make you a mistake. You, uh, can it go back and... Can it go backwards? Yeah, of course. Like, how's, how smart is this thing? Does it have an LCD screen? <laughs> You're like looking at me going, now who's getting off topic? No, but... No, because no it doesn't, but it does how have. Does it have... How does it show the user? But is it just the dials? So there's two actual faces. So there's the front and there's the back. There's always two faces. So you watch too much daytime soap operas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Two Days faces. of our lives. <laughs> so there's two faces, one on the front, one on the back. Uh, and and the one on the front is the one that has the most information. So that's the one which indicates all the planetary movements. And, the, and, the, um, and that makes sense because you're looking at it. Yeah, so you're looking at it. So you can yeah. actually... But, and uh, I'm not 100% sure what the back shows um, because I was more focused on the front of it. I was quite fascinated by the fact that it could actually calculate planetary movements because they are complex. Yeah, they are. And there's just... A planet going around a ring, um, on its own axle somehow, and uh, the sun is the center of the Earth. No, center, center of the <laughs> center of the universe. Yeah, but you got to remember back then where you thought it was different. We thought it, the Earth was the center of the solar system, and so I therefore, cal- when they m- watched um, Mars's orbital motion, yep. it wasn't like it appeared uh, at one end of the sky and moved over to the other end of the sky, like we do with the sun yep. uh, and the moon. What it would do, it would do these loop-de-loops in our night sky and they couldn't figure out why it was doing it because they were convinced Earth was the centre of the solar system. But see, that wouldn't, and, and that's the thing that I wonder about because they realised that, was this before or after they figured out the, the Earth was spinning? Did anyone back then realise the Earth was a planet and was not flat? It was round. Well, they, well, they knew Earth was a planet. Did they know it was not flat and, not, and it was round? Well, the flatness of the Earth was still believed for quite a while. God, goodness. Yeah, so it, it wasn't until... Because well, we still have flat Earthers today. That's the problem. Well, and this is what happens when people don't invest in science uh, and they believe the stuff that they read on Facebook. <laughs> On the Facebook, bro. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when people go, what do I need all this in school for? Why do I need to learn maths? Why do I need to learn... And it's because they end up being flat earthers. Yeah, and uneducated. Yeah, and they believe anything that they get told because somebody uses fancy words and they're convinced that that's true. Like calculator. 
<laughs> so the Donald, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. It's Kafifi. Kafifi. Oh, that thing that he tweeted. Yes. Kafifi. Yeah. Instead of coffee, he said Kafifi, which I thought was really, really uh, smart. Do you think he was trying to say coffee? Well, what else would he say? Like, was it his kafifi? This is Trump. This, yeah. Who knows what he's trying Let's to get back on topic because this the is not about Trump. The, no. He is not as smart as these people that have generated, who, who came up with this tool. I can't pronounce the name, so I'm just going to call it. Antikythera. Well, the, the, it's the Antikythera. island. Antikythera, there you so go. So, we just found it near the Antikythera Islands, so that's oh, why. So we, we didn't even give it a special name like the moon calculator or the planet computer. Yeah, no. Or the solar system calculation system. CSC. They could have. They could have come, come up something. They, they could have had something really, really. Um, Why don't you get a six-year-old to name it? It would be so much better. They would have scored it the big bitty boo boo. No, but you know what happens when you let the public name something. Yes, you it, get we, we, northeast or east north. No, we got that Boaty McBoat face and Trainy <laughs> McTrain face, and they would have called this Mooney calculator McMooney calculator face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still think it should just be called Beep Boop. Um, okay. Well, so, anyway, anyway, fortunately, we're not going to be um, beep, ass- beep, beep. assigning its name. So let's. Where are we now? So where are we now? So so to give you an idea of, of the complexity of this machine, it would be at least six hundred years before we even see something um, remotely like it, and, and in no way complex. So basically, only able just to the motion of the moon. So not including. Uh, oh, your people! We killed our smartest people. We did. Well, and it wasn't. Or they died naturally, but, of course. But we didn't just kill them. Sadly, sometimes these um, this inter- intellect and this um, research was was destroyed through um, wars, wars, and also religious instruction. So I, I was talking about the golden age of Islam before. Mm-hmm. So from the ninth and the twelfth century, the the Islamic um, academics uh, created all new elements to maths and all you know um, all, all these contributions to our knowledge. And it was only until the Muslim cleric, um, Hamid al-Ghazadi, he said that the, the manipulation of numbers was uh, akin to um, devil worshipping. Numbers were devil worshipping? Well, the manipulation of numbers. How do you manipulate numbers? Either one or two? No, the, the calculation and the, you know, using it to calculate things. So oh. it was, it was in, under that instruction that... Um, yep. The golden age of Islam actually began ending, and 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 essentially that entire nation of academics and and people who were contributing to the growth of of human knowledge yep. uh, stopped, uh, and we're still feeling the impacts of that. Uh, sadly, a, a lot of the um, Islamic nations do not contribute to, in in comparison to the number of people they have and the number of um, uh, studies they produce and the number of research they. Um, Perform mm-hmm. is in no way similar to any other um, you know, nation yep. on, on earth. So, so that that instruction that came out back in the eleventh uh, century has had a massive impact. And when you when you take away all these people thinking and, and contributing, then you you sort of leave it for everyone else to do. You absolutely do. And on that note, we are going to have to take a break because we have literally got 20 minutes left of the show and oh. we've got a whole another topic to talk about. So is there, talk about the Nazca line. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we switch over to the next topic? All right. So go online and search for the Antikythera mechanism. There's some great YouTube videos on it. 
uh, I think it's an amazing piece of technology uh, and especially that just that concept for me of someone being able to take mathematical formula uh, and turn it into a mechanised device when they didn't even have a hacksaw to be able to cut metal with. My thinking and the only thing that I can say is I'm wondering if there was an error in calculation once we found out that Earth was no longer the centre of the universe or of this because they based that calculation on Earth centre of everything. Yeah, but the calculation was based on on orbital observations taken over decades. Like, for example, the Babylonians, who a lot of the formulas come from, they were particularly interested in um, uh, eclipses. And I I know you want to go to a break, but I just quickly said this because this is fascinating (laughs) too. Um, So back then, the Babylonians believed that during an eclipse, um, really, really bad things would happen to the king. So they had this ritual, this horrid, horrid ritual, where the king would abdicate his throne to a criminal and make him a a substitute king. Um, And as soon as the eclipse was over, they'd kill that poor fellow and then the king would take back his power. So that way he was free from any of the bad things that would have happened uh, during the eclipse. So that's okay. why they really needed, that's why they're really fascinated when the eclipses would happen. That's they, a whole different conversation, and it's one that I'm well, more. Yeah, our ancient, our that ancient. is a very interesting conversation that we need to have on one of these episodes, because off with his head would be the title of that episode. Oh yeah, look, we used to do horrid things. Our, our ancestors, I mean, throughout, um, for whatever intelligence they had, they also killed lots of people. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we won't kill anyone. Um, <laughs> I think uh, We've got about 15 minutes left of the show So stick around, stay tuned for, with us We are talking about mysteries We, are talking we already about talked mysteries. about a fancy computer That's yeah. not really a computer It's more like a um, Well it is a computer, it's an analogue yeah, computer I know it's a computer But it's not really a computer to our definition of a computer Well you're talking about a digital computer I'm talking about our smartphones, our laptops Which is a digital computer But this is an analogue computer Well much like the old um, analog Babbage phones? machine that uh, Charles Babbage created. Just amazing. It had no copper wires. It had no. It had no no electronics at all. Like this, this is what's so amazing about it. it could, could, could okay. Perform these complex calculations out of wood and metal. Exactly. Anyway, let's get on to our next topic because we literally only had twelve minutes left of the show. Oh. And I don't want to go over time tonight. All right, okay, okay, okay. So we're going to talk about the the last topic in our series of mysteries is the Nazca Lines in Peru. Okay. So now some of you might already know Peru's what Peru is a lovely are. place. It's a great place. I haven't been. No, neither have I, but it's a great place. But Hello to all our Peru place. listeners yes, out there. Our Peruvian listeners. Okay, so tell me about this device. It's not a device. It's oh. just lines in the, gr- in the sand, in the ground. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're talking about lines in the sand. Yeah, but not just any lines in the sand. We're not talking about what happened a few years ago where pictures just happened to pop up in cornfields. Not those type of lines. Oh, no, you're talking about crop circles. Yes. Well, not oh. ju- they weren't just circles. No, they're, 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 yeah, but they, they were so created this, by hoaxers. I know, but this is not like that. Oh, well... Who knows? So That's the mystery. Okay. That's part of the mystery. So, so these lines we believe were etched into the ground between anywhere between 500 BCE, so before the Common Era, uh, and 500 um, A D. Uh, A D or 500 CE, the Common Era. Um, so anywhere in that span, which is a thousand years, so it's, it's not we, we haven't narrowed it down <laughs> any further than that. Well, uh, all I'm thinking, and these were straight lines. They're not straight lines. Actually, oh, okay. they're, they're different um, geoglyphs 
that are representing different animals. So, um, oh, see, so when you said lions in the circle of ground, I was like thinking, hang on, were they just farming? And this whole mystery is about farming. No. Okay. So, well, it could be. But it could be. We but, don't think it is. But it would be a very odd way to irrigate irrigate <laughs> your crops um, if you were to draw uh, more than. 70 zoomorphic designs. So we're talking about, um, you know, creatures such as a condor or hummingbird, uh, a monkey and a spider and all sorts. So there was over 70 of these things. And these are huge. Like these aren't just little things that somebody could have drawn with a stick. If you look on, on the internet and you type in the Nazca lines of Peru, you will see that these things actually don't become overly visible unless you're really high in the sky. And when you're talking about 500 BCE and 500 CE, when we had no aircraft of any type or lighter than air travel, um, the mystery is why would you etch these patterns into the ground, these extremely large patterns into the ground? Well, my first mystery was what was zoomorphic, zoomorphic, how you pronounce it. Uh, for people who don't know what that word means, it means animals or meaning shapes or form. Yeah, so the forms so, of animals. So it's zoomorphic. There you go. L- Word of the day. Word of the day. You can use that when you're shopping. Uh, I'm going to get some zoomorphic food. I'm Yeah. I want my crackers to be zoomorphic in nature. Animals in nature or form in nature or shape in nature. Shape. Animal crackers. Yep, there you go. There you go. Zoomorphic, ladies and gentlemen, if you... Don't look at me word like Whether the day... Don't look, look at, I, I, had to, I literally had to Google zoomorphic just to figure out what that means. That considered to be generally stable at room temperature. <laughs> you could have just had animal shapes. But how do I impress you if I just say that? <laughs> True. How do you, you know I have a low self-esteem? How do you teach me if I don't n- learn things, eh? You just learned <laughs> I it. I know. Okay, so let's so it, uh, for basic people, uh, no, animal <laughs> people who have a desire to learn what new words mean. <laughs> so animal shapes. Now, what were the shapes of animals? You did say. So one was a condor, one was a hummingbird. The well, there's 70 of them, I, and I, I don't remember them all off the top of my head. I have to search for the condor. Is it sounds to, like a snake. Lo- you've got to look at them. So Hang on. Get, on, get on Google. And C-O-N-T-O-R. Well, it's a bird. Yeah, it's a, it's a bird. So That looks really... But if you, but if you don't yeah. type in Nazca lines, you'll actually Hang see on. what these shapes N-A-Z. look like. N-A-Z-C-A, Nazca C-A. lines. Yep, Nazca lines. Okay, let's have a look. Oh, I've seen these shapes before. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. have probably seen them um, on other television shows and, and other shows. So there's and, a snake. Uh, sorry, successful shows. I like this one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a there's a a okay. Let's let's uh, there's a lizard of some sort or yeah. maybe a monkey. Yeah. Uh, we've got a person. We've got uh, what looks like a s- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that would be a spider. I'm going to take that's a spider. All those legs. Uh, oh, well, eight spiders. Uh, sorry, eight legs on a spider. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? We've got a bird. Is that the... Well, I don't, I don't know if you can see that. So that bird there. Is yeah, that, that could be... That's I think that's the condor because okay. one is a hummingbird. Well, I don't I haven't seen the... Oh, here, there's a whole there's big a whole, one. There's there a you whole, go. There you go. There's so a whole, let's have a look at this it's one. It's like a party. I know. Um, there's the hummingbird at the top there. Yep. What is this one here, though? 
That's the hummingbird. That's a hummingbird. Yeah, what were you looking at thinking it's a hummingbird? I thought it was like a, a, a hand or a squid or... One of those hands that come down to pick yeah. up a prize from the... <laughs> a claw. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so... the claw, the claw. The claw, the claw. Okay, so how did they... What, what's the, the myth, myth about these? We don't know who created them. We don't, we, 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 yeah, we don't know who created them, but more importantly, we don't know why they created Will them. Will the artist please stand up? Please stand oh. up. Please we're, stand up. We're, we're a bit late because that was over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Sorry for Anywhere from M&Ms. 1,500 to 2,500 years ago that these were created. What, so. what, what were they designed for, do we think? Because they tell, they tell I think, a story. But who would they be telling a story to if you, don't, if you can't see them from the ground? Okay, I hate to keep bringing it's this not back. Aliens. Well, maybe it was aliens. Maybe this was their message to the gods. That I could understand. Like it, uh, we keep saying aliens, but these people believed in gods and god um, back in that time. Maybe this was their way of sending a message to the gods. Maybe these are dangerous animals. I don't think the hummingbird's dangerous. Um, but m- or maybe because a, a spider is dangerous, it can kill you. Uh, I'm sure the, 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 I take it that's a wolf or some sort of... With two tails. Yeah, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit weird. So what is that? If it's, if, is it a, ding-do- a dingo storm by a dingo pooping? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But um, maybe these were uh, symbols of their religion or symbols of their tribe. Yeah, possibly. Like, uh, I, like, mean, I mean, it can't maybe be they were marking territory. Maybe. Well, but who's going to see it? Well, maybe when you come across the lines and then... See, th- this is but the thing. Why, it would be it'd be easy to put up a post and then it would be to carve these giant images in oh. the ground. Like, and, and, I mean, these are... The, each line is between roughly 10 to 30 centimetres um, deep. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm, I just, I, I'm not making out some of these shapes either because that doesn't look like a bird to me and it, it looks, if I have to be honest, and I know this is not visual media so people can't actually see what we're, we're, we're talking about. Um, if you go to books facts booksfact.com forward slash images forward slash 2003, uh, sorry, 2013 forward slash 10 forward slash N-A-Z-C-A underscore lines underscore all dot JPEG, you will be able to see it. We might put a link on our social media pages. Um, but that looks like scissors. You know, you're right. It looks like... Um uh, and again, but see that, but that's that's human nature for us well, to try and identify patterns. Um, but and, and that's why people see you know famous faces in their toast and uh, oh. stuff like that because and why we look at clouds and go, oh, that one looks like a turtle and that one looks like a love heart yep. and that one looks like a bunny rabbit because our brains actually design. To find patterns. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about these because that's what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> we are so <laughs> off topic. We, we always are, are. We are so going to be late again, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, let's, let's, what is your piece of paper in front of you telling you about these? So, so the notes I made about these um, is they're that pretty. they, well, they are. They're fascinating. Um, they, they remind me of Indigenous Australia. Well, there was, um, now you're, oh, now you're testing my memory. It Sorry. The, the where, where, where me man? Where me man? I think that was... And or where a bee man. I don't know if it's where a bee or where a, where a me. I, I, I might should have we to, Google it? I think you should. Okay. In 1998, we did a similar carving uh, of an indigenous male. Um, uh, and I, 
can't even remember where we did. Maybe it was Northern Territory. Apparently it was. No, not that one. No. How do you spell Wellamy? That's not well. No, not not that scary no. looking thing. Put it. Put um. Waterfront disputes. No, can't find it. Right. Uh, we'll we'll find it and we'll put a link on our, f- our socials. Yeah. So so we d- we did have one, um, but we know where it came from because it was created in 1998. Whereas these ones, um, having been made, um, you know, either 1500 or 2500 years ago, um, they weren't discovered uh, until uh, 1553 um, by a conquistador. So Pedro. And I'm going to have a good crack at saying this name, but it's pretty complicated. Uh, Cesar de Leon. Um, uh, Cesar de Leon. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, it's hard. It's and, hard. I, and I said it with a French accent when really it should have been a Spanish one. Well, go on. Oh, gosh. Okay. I should have, I should have rehearsed this in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. Cesar de Leon. Cesar de Leon. Yeah, I still gave yeah. it a French accent. Yeah. No, I'm not going to win well, that one. Well, the French does speak Spanish in a way, I think. I'm sure there's some Spanish people in French. In France, in yeah. France, yeah, not yeah. French. Well, Sorry, there, there's the French and Spain Spanish border. Yep. Well, let's talk about this though, because what's the best uh, reasoning for these hieroglyphs or uh, drawings that the today's people scientists have come up with? So there are actually not that many leading theories as to why. Some believe, as you said before, irrigation channels. Um, but it that would be very, no. very complicated to try and irrigate a crop. Um, and, and not to have – sorry, I have to disagree with that because why would you draw a spider? Well, that's right. You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it, it – you know, so like – That theory goes out the window as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but, you know, in the absence of any other well, information. Uh, so I just think that potentially because who was ruling around this time in this area? Well – we're not 100% sure who, who well, drew we, them, so we don't know who was really... No, but we know what era they were drawn in, don't we? Well, there's a thousand years. Oh, so there's a thousand year gap. Well, the, well they could have been drawn anywhere in a thousand year period. So, 500 well, kinda, BC... That kind of really sucks, because of, of, from where I'm sitting right now, one, you need to figure out how you draw these patterns in the ground and somehow make them stay, because that doesn't look like rock. It looks like sand. So these... They they must have been deep. Well, when 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 Pedro first came across them, he thought that they were just trail markers, uh, but then he realised that they were forming patterns. Then, you know, they they didn't. If you followed them, you you wouldn't get anywhere. Yeah. Um, well, they all go back around. That's the problem. Like, yeah, you would get somewhere, but the where you would get to is back where you started. Yeah. So look, you know, very much like um, things such as Stonehenge and the heads of Easter Island and all those yep. sorts of things. We have some theories as to why they were created, but we can't be a hundred percent sure as to what they really represented. So we do have some leading theories, um, but um, really, that's all they will ever be is is theories. Yeah, they are like they're not that big either. Like I'm seeing a picture of a person standing next to one. They look big from space, sure, but when yeah. you put pe- when you put a person next to it, they're not that they're not that wide. They're not that like. And I'm talking about this picture here mainly. There's the person, and if we go back to our drawing, we can assume that that one is not on the piece of paper though. I'm there you at. go. Great. Um, 
but it looks like it's a bird feet or some sort of mammal. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what do they say that they're more complex than you may think? Well, what's more complex about drawings in the pattern or drawings of shapes? Well, the, 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 they all follow a similar type of design. Um, so it's not like, you know, if you got 20 different people to draw something, you would get 20 interpretations of it, uh, whereas all these seem to follow the same format. Yeah. Um, so so was there was there one artist or one person doing it? Um, and if that's the case, then why? If there were many people doing it, um, then why did they all agree to follow a set sort of rules of how it should be displayed? Um, or anything, well, anything that's sort of ritualistic. I, well, this this goes back to what I was trying to say before with because I've just looked at some more pictures up. It it looks like it was very much like our what Indigenous Australians have done in caves and out in public by drawing or carving animals and stories into the the earth. Maybe this was just them doing stories in the earth. Which which then leads us to the question, so what were the stories? What what what, what well, was the mythology behind them? Maybe we will never find out because those people are no longer with us. Mm. So maybe we can create our own stories out of these pictures. We look we with s- with all respect, of course, not yeah, not no. making jokes and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Like like I'm sure that there would be indigenous people out there who would be able to maybe not understand exactly what these drawings meant, but be able to work out roughly with their knowledge of their indigenous background how these stories were or why these stories were made. But see, that's... that's Because surely that's what they've done. Well, well, yeah, but you can't conclude that. No, but you, I'm sure... You can that propose that, but I, you can't conclude I'm it. I'm sure that there's been experts like scientists or histori- historians... Yeah, anthropologists. Yep, who have shipped... Not shipped, that sounds so bad. Who have brought people in who come from a background of, for example, indigenous culture, where they have drawn hieroglyphs and art on objects yeah, of yeah, the yeah, earth, yeah. and showed them this and said, "Do you? can you... Is anything telling a story here is anything out of the odd here is does this meet any of your criteria in your uh elders um yeah and and i I get what you're saying are there similarities and other comparisons that other cultures have developed in their telling of their stories and their mythology um and and possibly i i to be honest with you i don't really know um but usually animals were um used as symbols or metaphor uh, for other either important events or um, factors and functions within a society. So whether it be fertility rituals or they'd be agricultural rituals. Um, But animals used to depict these things. Well, okay, so I just... I I don't know why this this popped up in my head, but ancient Egypt drawings. Hieroglyphs. The hieroglyphs. Now, okay, yes, it may not have been as big as... The lines and the Narsic lines, um, but clearly that's what that look like. I'm just saying, like it's drawings on. Well, when 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 you when you think about um, what's the difference between 
ancient Egypt drawings and these drawings from a fundamental side of it. One we know is there well, is a story. Well, hieroglyphs from the ones that you're looking at here, um, they, they, they are far more complex and they speak more of uh, spirituality and, and ritual, whereas yep. the Nazca lines, um, there isn't... There like isn't if you were to take a drawing as a character, for example, yep. or a pictograph, yep. um, or as an icon, um, much like... Let's try and sort of distill this down. Yeah. At the moment, we're using a lot of emojis, yes. uh, and we can use emojis to depict lots of things. But the thing is, is that they're not uh, a specific thing. Yeah. So you can use emojis for you know, depending on the emojis you put before and after, you can create different sentences, even though you're only mixing around um, the similar type of emojis. So, um, and hieroglyphs uh, were explaining stories so they weren't words per se but they were explaining um through the depiction of actions and yep. the different deities and the different elements that were inside they were um depicting to people who understood that era um what it was that they were trying to convey yep. so um different types of hieroglyphs would indicate you know whether it was an ability or whether it was just um religious yeah. ceremony or that sort of stuff. Whereas with the Nazca lines, we we only have from, as best we can tell, 70, Im um, 70 images. images. Um, and so therefore, if you were to think of that as a character set, it doesn't give you much because nothing's repeated. So we can't sort of then say, okay, we used you know monkey, horse, horse, monkey, monkey, whatever, um, and that means this. Yeah. It, it's an interesting topic to talk about and one that, that's the mystery. We don't know it's much about mystery. it. We don't yeah. know much about it. What were they trying to convey? Was it a story? And I like to think of the, the, the capturing the story like you were talking about. Telling the gods what planet, what, what animals are here. Yeah. Um, and it could have been anything. It, it could have just been marking that this, this was a particular tribe and this was their lands. Yep. Um, could be absolutely yeah, Could have been anything. So. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And what a show it's been. It's been a... Blast. Challenging one, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a challenging one. <laughs> I think this has one, been one of our easier ones. I'm going to go back and read about the Antikythera mechanism some more. Well, I'm I think fascinated by I that. I know. That was, that could have taken up a whole hour. I, I was know, like, because I was it's like, such a fascinating piece of technology. Here I was. I was like going, normally we take 30 minutes to talk about one of these topics. So, yeah, I'll, I'll we can get through two. And then I was like, oh, no, we're not going to get through two. Uh -uh. So, I was like, let's hurry this up. <laughs> um, next week, we we uh, you're not here next week. So we might uh, prepare might. something earlier for you all, or he might have a week off. We don't know yet. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I really want to do a show, yeah. and I don't. I ha don't hold me to this, but I want to do one on the great seers of history. So you know the, the, the great seers of history. Well, you know the the people who we think of as great um, leaders. No, not leaders so much, uh, but you know so, someone like Nostradamus or the um, Oracle of Delphi. Um, all these these people who were able to make these predictions um, and uh, fortune tellers, in other words, people <gasps> fortune tellers. How dare you debase it to something as simple as looking into a crystal <laughs> oh. ball? Yep. <laughs> You know, okay, so we've had one of the... I've uh, read a few tarot cards in my time. <laughs> so and, have I. And palms, so I have to plead guilty to a yeah. few of those things. I do like tarot cards. I still have my, my deck of tarot it's, cards. It's, it's, it's one of those things that um, if, if someone told me that uh, they had a, uh, a way to tell when I was going to die uh, on what day, 
I would love to know. Really? Yes. Why? That way I can plan it. I can plan the party that's going to happen right. at the exact time that it's going to happen right. so that the tarot card doesn't come through. Because the tarot card will tell you where and when you die or when you die, if right? They, if they were accurate. If they were accurate. So you plan a party just 500 meters to the east of that as a big F you party. <laughs> You've either had not enough or too much coffee. Not enough. <laughs> um, but the other, uh, uh, just throwing this one out there, news. I know, uh, I know it's a touchy topic at the moment with all the Facebook stuff happening, the Facebook. But we should take a look at the very first newspaper as the history of news. Well, that's fascinating, yeah. Because at the end of the day, news is changing again. Well, it always does. And I want to know when the first news... Well, not it may not have been a newspaper. It could have been a news boulder. Well, you sort of had a Or like cries. a rock. I don't know what... what like a. No, by the time you finish chiseling it, maybe it would they, be old news. I <laughs> and imagine... And you wouldn't waste time on fake news. Well, actually, would, would that be classified as news? Because the emperor or the, the kings and queens of... Well, actually, more kings, I think, back then. Um, they had to send messages from one place to another place. They would have wrote down on a, not paper, but on something, and then got it shipped over to another place. I know technically that's a letter, but inside that letter is news about either an army coming towards them or some sort of thing. So could that be classified as news? And would that be our first news? Well, news in itself... News is just information. Well, the, the word news... Uh, is to capture the concept that information is coming from north, east, west and south. That's where news comes well, from. Well, there you go. Something I didn't know. <laughs> so there we go. We're definitely talking about news. All right. We'll leave that for another time. We'll so how about we'll, we'll do the seers another time. and We're uh, doing news another time as well. Oh, okay. Well. Unle unless we want to do news next week to be relevant with Facebook. Well, I have to see how much I can research in the next few days to yeah. put it all together. But it, yeah, essentially you had town criers who would shout out the news I so know before print media came about. But you've got to remember print media... Uh, also had to evolve with people's literacy levels. So Ooh. there's no point producing newspapers for people who couldn't read. Pictionary news. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the one thing I did notice back in the... Uh, not the old days, because I haven't been around that long, but back <laughs> uh, back before my time, is that newspapers did not have pictures in them. Well... Because they didn't have cameras. Well, no. Uh, there's, there's a couple of things there. First of all... <laughs> first of all, the letter sets... To, to have an image, to, to reproduce an image on paper... Was a lot. Was a lot. And yes. and really all it was was that old stamping of letters. So, you know, someone actually had to sit there with little um, metal letters and set them, typeset them all. Yep. And then you'd have the, the uh, printing of, yep. and the stamping, essentially, it of was these literature uh, sets onto paper. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. For all your stamp news, we're going to talk about that in another episode. <laughs> um... <laughs> But until next time, I've been Russell. And I'm still Peter. <laughs> yeah, I've been. For like, now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> My name's John now. Yeah. No, um, I'm Russell. You're Peter. Thanks for joining us. This has been Soundbites, and we will see you uh, sometime soon. Most probably next Friday, but maybe not. We'll, yeah, fi we'll, we'll figure it something. out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll put something together for you. Okay, bye for now. Bye.